I'm Aaron Reynolds, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm Five on the Canada 2020 Network. The 2020 Network is brought to you by Interac. Interact connects everyone to the limitless possibilities of digital payments. Whether you are sending, receiving, or requesting money, using Interact Debit to pay by card, phone, or smartwatch, or looking for a business payment solution, they provide fast, convenient, and secure access to your own money. I like to think that I'm an intelligent guy, but I know way more about Starfleet's Prime Directive than I do about Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And that's kind of a problem, and so that's why I'm inviting really smart people onto this show to explain things to me like I'm five. Today I'm talking to the Honorable Peter McKay, Canada's former Justice Minister, and he's going to explain Cabinet Shuffles. Good morning, Aaron. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, too. Thanks for asking there have been some rumblings here in Ottawa of, uh, of an impending cabinet shuffle, and I started thinking about it, and I don't really know what goes into a cabinet shuffle. So if you wouldn't mind, I would love to ask you, what exactly is a cabinet shuffle and what is it for? Well, it's like that old adage of sausage making. You may not want to know. But, <laughs> um, first of all, a cabinet shuffle is almost entirely the purview of the prime minister. So the first minister who appoints the original cabinet uh, has the discretion essentially at any time to shuffle the cabinet. And that comes from shuffling the deck in cards. What it means is moving, dropping, adding certain ministers, basically changing the composition of the cabinet. And there's all kinds of reasons that might give rise to a cabinet shuffle. In this case, it appears to be just that time where the prime minister is past his midterm, four-year term, and probably wants to put a new face in certain portfolios, certain cabinet positions. And there may be, and this is one of the reasons that often comes into play, an indication from certain members of parliament who are in the cabinet that they may not be running again. That is to say, they may not be re-offering. So the elevation of another member of parliament might help with their profile and their re-election bid, whereas somebody who's not running may not need to be in cabinet anymore, if I can put it that way. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So... You were saying something about uh, putting a new face onto uh, onto a specific uh, a specific position. What uh, what does that look like, or what would be the reasoning behind that? Well, there's lots of reasons. I, I mentioned one of them that that somebody may have indicated they're they're not going to run again. But the you know for public consumption reason would be to improve efficiencies, to inject new blood, to take a person who has performed well into the cabinet. So. A promotion. There may also be reasons to eject somebody from the cabinet. What it comes down to is giving the public the most favorable impression of the government uh, to improve popularity, to improve the public's perception that the government is doing well, doing a good job, uh, performing at a high level. Uh, all of this is, uh, again, uh, 
very much about sending the signal to the public that the government is acting in their best interests right. in hope of public support. You mentioned uh, a promotion. Uh, does it feel like uh, to someone uh, who's perhaps being shuffled out, does it feel like a demotion then uh, to have lost a position? Oh, I, I think if you weren't expecting it or if it was in relation to a, a certain incident or series of incidents, it can be very much uh, viewed as a demotion to lose a cabinet position or to be given a cabinet position that is seen as being less important. But let's be clear, I want to qualify this, it's it's an honor to be in any cabinet position. It is also, as the expression goes, a position that you serve at the pleasure of the Prime Minister. That is, there must be a certain degree of confidence on the part of the Prime Minister to have you in cabinet to begin with. And so losing that confidence is very often the reason behind a demotion or, or an ejection from cabinet. Who has input into uh, who ends up in the cabinet? Well, usually trusted advisors that would be comprised of the prime minister's chief of staff, um, individuals within the public service. Uh, the, the clerk of the Privy Council sometimes is uh, asked for advice. Uh, there can be many different sources. The spouse of the, the prime minister, a good friend, trusted advisor who is in the private sector, but there, there's no limitations or no uh, parameters truly around who the prime minister might seek advice from on what would comprise the cabinet, who would comprise the cabinet. Um, you were talking before about how uh, sometimes uh, the Positions are shuffled uh, to uh, change the the public impression of uh, of a, a specific uh, ministry. Does being close to an election really change the decision making in uh, in shuffling the cabinet? Uh, so the short answer depends on what the prime minister is trying to accomplish. There may be circumstances where a new member of the caucus emerges due to uh, a by election. And what the prime minister might consider then is, does this individual have specific skill sets? Is there a high degree of public confidence or favorable knowledge of the person? They're a renowned scientist. They're a musician, uh, athlete, accomplished person in the law or in business. And so that might precipitate the decision to bring them into cabinet to show uh, the, the proficiency and, and the capability of the cabinet. Uh, I, I make too many sports analogies, but it would be like how the Toronto Maple Leafs just acquired John Tavares. This has got everybody's confidence up in the city of Toronto. So it, it depends on the period, the proximity to the election, which was your question. And perhaps the prime minister has certain mandate items that he wants or she wants to accomplish. So bringing somebody in that helps accomplish those priorities is a consideration as well. Platform commitments. It's about performance. It comes back to that time and time again and public confidence. 
So um, thank you for bringing up actually the sports analogy uh, because we were when we were talking about um, how the cabinet works uh, before speaking to you, um, we were trying to figure out an, an, an analogy that works somewhere else for for moving positions around. And uh, when we thought about it in terms of sports, and when we thought about it in terms of business. It was. It's not really a place where the person who is a great goaltender uh, would be moved at some point to a different position on a hockey team. You know, they wouldn't suddenly be a center. And uh, in business, it would be rare to see the chief technical officer suddenly become, you know, the chief financial officer. So, how does that work in the cabinet? Well, that's a good, that's a very good question because I agree with you. The positions in sport and business are not always analogous to the cabinet composition. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, for example, a person with uh, a very strong health background is not always the best health minister. Or, you, you know, you can pick the subject matter. A person with environmental expertise or uh, military training doesn't, isn't always the right fit. Uh, politics is, is a bit of an anomaly in that regard because there is this degree of personality, charisma. Um, it's hard to quantify, I guess, is what I would say. So there's also things like regional consideration. Uh, we've seen this particular government put emphasis on gender neutrality, or, or gender equality, I should say, and uh, and diversity, that is to say, making the cabinet uh, reflective of the face of the nation, youth versus experience. It's, it's really not an exact science by any stretch of the imagination, but the one overriding consideration is, in my opinion, competence, merit, ability to get the job done in whatever portfolio you're asked to serve. In the last shuffle before the 2015 election, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper added eight new ministers to the roster. What was the goal of that? Well, I don't know for certain. I wasn't given information in that regard. In some cases, it's it's for a political calculation, I'm going to be honest. It's to try to... um, promote a person to give them greater profile perhaps nationally or in their own constituency for electoral reward. Uh, It it is also a personal reward at times for an individual who has worked very hard and and perhaps been helpful, advantageous to the government. It is sometimes to meet a particular need if it uh, involves a new burgeoning situation, um, For example, these trade disputes that we're currently in, uh, it could be to do with a national crisis. It might uh, arise out of a circumstance where there is a a very pressing time frame and uh, we need to focus more attention and therefore bring a new individual into, into play as far as meeting that need. Uh, But it's proximity to an election or the end of a mandate very often has to do with trying to fulfill platform commitments before that uh, writ drops. You were shuffled from uh, foreign affairs to national defense and later from national defense to, to justice. How did you find out? Directly from the prime minister. 
Um, that's often how it's communicated, and it was communicated to me in person by the prime minister face to face. And did you find out um, how how far ahead of everybody else finding out did you find out? Well, what normally happens is you're informed personally, as I just described, and then people, that is the, the Canadian public, the, the press, everyone finds out when the cabinet shuffle or the cabinet itself is announced at Rideau Hall in the presence of the governor general. So the swearing in is really the official announcement where you you take oath of your office. Right. And um, that often can be days. Uh, it, it's usually in close proximity. And do you is there like a rumble coming up to it or is it just like a, a big surprise? It depends. Sometimes it's a big surprise. I described earlier how in response to a circumstance, a, a person has to resign suddenly due to illness, scandal, uh, personal reasons that might result in a shuffle or a slight change. Um, but it, it, it doesn't always uh, it doesn't always come out of the blue. There is very often rumors abound. There is often speculation about uh, a person's performance or a person's ability. Did you ever, um, in one of these shuffles, like have like a big like fist pump to the air, like excited, kind of like yes, this is the one that I wanted? Um, sure. I, I think. I mean, I felt very fortunate. I I uh, really, upon reflection, would not have uh, wanted any other portfolios than the ones I I received uh, by the goodwill of the prime minister and the good fortune of being. In, in government. Uh, so I was very excited, frankly, to be in all of those portfolios. And it seemed to happen in a sequence that really worked. Uh, as far as my own career development, I started off in foreign affairs. I also had uh, the Atlantic Canada Opportunities Agency, which was a regional development agency from Atlantic Canada, from where I come, and then went to defense at a very busy time. I had a great deal of interest and passion for those issues at, at defense and then wound up in justice where I had started my career. I worked uh, as a lawyer in Nova Scotia as a prosecutor and a defense counsel. So it, uh, it, it was a wonderful experience for me and one that I'm eternally grateful for. When you, uh, once you found out that you had been shuffled, uh, what did you have to do? What does the process look like for somebody who's uh, taking on a new role? Well, you hit the books is the, the short answer. <laughs> you start to get up to speed on sometimes very complex uh, files that are often moving very quickly. So it's an immersion into information. Uh, you are required to keep it secret, to not uh, tell anybody. And you have in the back of your mind that if you do, you may not wind up in that position. And I, I'm not aware of any occasion where that's happened. But uh, that, that weighs somewhat on your mind. Um, and you, you prepare yourself to go into a new ministry, a new department, familiarize yourself with the people and the issues that you're working with. There's, a, there's been a lot of talk around the office here about uh, predictions for what's going to happen in, in the shuffle, if there is going to be a shuffle in the next few days. Um, are there, like 
betting pools out there like there are for <laughs> sports and things like that or office wagers or anything like that? I'm not aware of <laughs> there's a pro line ticket for uh, for cabinet shuffles, but it seems like you can bet on just about anything these days. That's uh, true. How the coin flip is going to go in the World Cup or how much advertising there'll be at the halftime. Mm-hmm. Do you have any predictions for this this upcoming one? Well, one rumor that's out there that there are going to be more positions created, which uh, you alluded to in one of your questions earlier. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Um, I think that there are some members of the cabinet, caucus members, who, and, and it's just a natural um, evolution in, in any career, who are saying, I'm probably not going to run again, so if you, if you want to clear the path for a younger member or a newer member of the caucus to be promoted, I'm fine with that. Those discussions are elicited by the Prime Minister's office. He or she will put out a notice asking members to commit to run again, and if they're not prepared to commit, that can be the result. Um, but as far as specifics, I, I wouldn't want to make any, any prediction. That's fair. That's fair. So um, uh, do you miss being a part of all of this? Oh, look, there's a certain euphoria and excitement that comes with uh, an occupation, uh, a passion for politics, certainly. I miss the people that I work with. And yes, it was an incredibly unique experience, a, a real honor, as I said previously. But I'm very content and very happy doing what I do now in, in this law firm. And I'm spending more time with my family. I, I dare say I have a much more balanced life. And uh, it, it's it's nice to be watching from the sidelines and, uh, and in the stands at this point, to use that sports analogy. Thank you very much. And that's actually a, a really great uh, place to end it. So uh, thank you for making the time for us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for asking. The 2020 Network is brought to you by Interact. Interact connects everyone to the limitless possibilities of digital payments. Whether you are sending, receiving, or requesting money, using Interact Debit to pay by card, phone, or smartwatch, or looking for a business payment solution, they provide fast, convenient, and secure access to your own money.